gray sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't be wrong. Hello everyone and welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, a Happy Days podcast hosted by me, Dan Budnick. Welcome everyone to season three of Happy Days. We are now 1975 to 1976, the first of the full seasons in front of the live studio audience and the beginning of lots of changes to the show. Actually, quite a few changes. I was going to say, fundamentally, the show is still the same, but the sort of cosmetics of the show and the way the show is sort of pitched uh, is now changing quite drastically. Although not, not as drastically if you remember Fonzie gets married from the previous season. So uh, let me let me just say uh, real quick, if you notice, the uh, I'm in a different room than I normally record in, and I've hurt my back, so sitting up is is bothering me, so I'm just kind of slowly moving around with the microphone as I talk. Uh, that's probably not going to happen for the whole episode, but it's going to happen as an intro and probably when I discuss Fonzie moves in. So we're 1975-1976. We are talking, going to talk Fonzie Moves In, which originally aired, let's see, September uh, 9th, 1975, and The Motorcycle, which aired September 16th, 1975, the first two of the season, the season with 24 episodes. We will have 12 episodes. And yeah, this is season three, episode one, overall episode 21. So there you have it. Uh, so this is um, a very exciting time for the show. And what I'm actually going to do now is I haven't, I watched Fonzie Moves In a few days ago, but I haven't watched it proper for the sort of discussion I'd like to give uh, to you. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to sit here, I'm going to watch the opening credits with you, and I'm just going to go through what I see as it happens now. I believe there was no more um, Bill Haley and um, uh, 1, 2, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock rock, etc., 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 rocking around the clock. I believe it's, it's just a Happy Days theme at the beginning and ending, probably because it was cheaper to do. Um, so, let us now uh, dive into the opening credits uh, for Happy Days Season 3. So we start off with the Fonz tooling along on his bike, and then Arnold's and tossing the baseball around, which is probably from that episode, although it's not, is it, from that episode where they had the baseball team? It could be, though. And then we see uh, kids dancing in Arnold's, having a good time, dancing bunch of extras, and then um, the gang in the, uh, yeah, oh, they're going pretty quick here. You see uh, uh, Ralph Potsy and Richie in uh, Richie's red car. You see the Fonz pulling the arms on a motorcycle. You see um, Richie playing a little b-ball with the guys. You see a, a portend of things to come uh, on the, the steps that go alongside the garage um, in the Cunningham house. You see a sign that's a poster board that someone wrote the words the Fonz with the Fonz in quotes and a red arrow like steps pointing at the steps and you see the Fonz sort of vault over the because uh, he can't just go down the two steps he's got to be cool about it so he vaults over kind of vaults over the railing so uh, that will portends that the Fonz might be moving in e and then Mickey is a mouse Wisconsin cheese Fonz Sherry all this gigantic, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show style, lips and mouth, all on this wall. And the camera zooms in on, sit on it. Hold that, hold that in your mind too. Then you see the guys laughing. When I say the guys, that's Richie Potsy and Ralph. Then uh, you see the Fonz giving the thumbs up to Richie. And then, and then we get the gang again. And you get, um, uh, apparently Potsy is singing happy days i didn't know that was what was meant to be happening but yeah you see the guy the band there they're in arnold's and um ralph is strumming an acoustic guitar and richie is strumming an electric guitar and uh, potsy is singing the happy day song and the Fonz leaps into the chair in the newly renovated um house for the oh oh and they use a shot of the dining room from the first two seasons because that's no longer the dining room in the house wow that's interesting because because you'll see they rejigger the house obviously so it fits um uh, so it fits onto a stage where they can keep the live audience in front of them so they no longer have like a living room walk into a dining room walk into a kitchen it's more like there's a tiny kitchen and then you kind of walk into a living room dining room space so they're eating in the dining room and Joni who's clearly much older than she was just a few months ago. Um, was she 12 at the end of the previous? She's clearly I got 13, 14 now or something like that. But we'll call her, we'll call her 13 right here. Although she, 
We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Joni and everyone enough as it goes on. But uh, Joni with the hula hoop and uh, smiling. And then we go to the record spinning and we get uh, starring Ron Howard, of course. And here's the big one. And Henry Winkler. So the Fonz is now second in the uh, credits. Co-starring Marion Ross. Let's see who's next. Potsy. Yeah, Potsy. Anson Williams. Uh, Ralph. Yes. Donnie Most. Yeah. And then Joni. Yes. Aaron Moran. And then starring Tom Bosley as Howard Cunningham. And that one guy as Chuck. I'm kidding, of course. And then the camera spins. And we get them in Ralph's car. The guy's in Ralph's car pulling into the Cunningham's driveway. You get the Fonz in his um, uh, over-the-garage apartment uh, looking at the mirror and doing his, hey, I'm, I'm too good looking to uh, comb my hair. And then it's producers Mark Rothman and Lowell Gans. Of course, Lowell Gans, who would team up with Babalu Mandel, write quite a few very funny films in the 80s and early 90s. And then the last shot is the the guys and, and the Fonz, the Fonz sitting on his motorcycle, sitting in front of Arnold's, giving a big thumbs up. Executive producers Thomas L. Miller, Edward K. Milkus, and Gary K. Marshall. That's a K's in there. There you have it. Yeah, things are going to be very different. So let us, let me play a little something, and then I will come back and we will discuss Fonzie moves in. contributed to the series are Teresa Brewer, Ike Cole, Fats Domino, Connie Francis, Johnny Ray, K-Star. I don't think there's another one after that. That, that is a closing credits. Um, uh, these happy days are yours and mine. Yeah, that's a closing credit credit, which, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think, that not that a season one credit? I mean, because we don't hear any of that music in the episode. Everything we hear in the episode is just generic sort of 50s kind of stuff. There's nothing in here that is that, like Blueberry Hill or anything like that. Uh, and the thing is, unfortunately, where I am right now, I don't have the season one set with me. I just have the season three set. I didn't think something like that was going to happen, and I have to refer back to it. But mm, So that's interesting. So if that is, we'll see. we'll see on the motorcycle. If the motorcycle has that credit too, then who knows, yeah. So And, and as I've said also, you can... I don't have bootleg sets for the first six seasons because those came out properly on DVD. I may have them for the remaining seasons because those aren't on DVD and I can't do the podcast without them. Um, but it could be a difference between the TV uh, viewings, uh, the TV airings, and the DVD. Uh, difference in music rights and things. What is it? I think I was reading today. Um, there's a Doctor Who story called Revelation of the Dialects where... There's a, um, there's a DJ in it, played by Alexi Sale, and one of the songs he plays is Fire by Jimi Hendrix, and on the broadcast, whenever you broadcast it, you could play the song, but for home video release, you had to replace it with something else, and uh, that's, you know, that's just a little thing right there, but... I don't want to go too crazy on music that we can't hear right now because there's so much else going on in this episode. First, the whole house of the Cunninghams has been reconfigured. When they reconfigured it for... Okay, I'm going to take one step further back. Farther back, we know what's happened here. The show had uh, good ratings in its first season. And the second, second season going up against Good Times, it tanked. And in order to stay alive, it reconfigured itself from a single camera, you know, uh, uh, 
shot without a, a live audience, uh, with a laugh track kind of show, the way they used to make a lot of shows in the 50s and 60s, um, to the way they made most shows in the 70s, which was um, multiple camera on several big interior sets that they'd reuse over and over, and a live audience. And that's that they did that with Fonzie Gets Married in season two. And I, I, I know I'm preaching a lot of the choir here and you know the story already, but um, they did they, they tested it with Fonzie Gets Married. It worked. So this season is reconfigured as a multiple camera live with studio audience show. And when you when you do that, suddenly uh, different things happen. Um, um, the uh, and I don't know there's so much to unpack in this episode I almost want to save this for a later episode when there's less going on do mm. uh, you, you know what I mean like the, there's a lot going on this, this is a major part of the show this episode the, the, the premise behind this episode okay let me step back even farther sorry everyone um, and I'm, I'm, and you will hear the the sound vary throughout this uh, discussion because I am sort of pacing around, worrying about my back, moving from one end to another of a room, and one end of the room has a has a little fridge in it that's making a bunch of noise. So pardon that. The basic story behind the episode, and I would imagine, well, like I said, the opening credits give some of it away that the Fonz moves in above their garage. Uh, they call it the attic. At one point, I thought, that's not an attic. I've lived in houses that have attics. That's not an attic. You, you, well, no, no, I take that back. The houses I've lived in that have attics, have had attics, are not attics. I'm sorry, <laughs> have had attics. They're all on heroin. No, I'm kidding, of course. Um, that the, uh, the houses I lived in with attics weren't attics like this that you could live in. But I did have plenty. I think I've told this story before, that at the end of... High school, my one, two, three, four best friends all lived in attic bedrooms. Jason Sheehan had a really cool attic bedroom. Nick Spade had a really interestingly shaped attic bedroom. Matt uh, Tobin had a really cavernous one. And Eric Zidell had one that was really dangerous because of the way the staircase was situated. Uh, but they all had attic um, uh, apartments or, or, or bedrooms, which is more or less with the Fonz has here and they do call it the attic i guess and i never uh, yeah uh so yeah that works for me and so the uh yeah and the way they do go up the steps they do turn away from the i always thought it was above the garage but now that i think about it no it's above the house huh hmm okay uh, that's a, that's another thing that i think here i i really want to discuss the way reconfiguring the show into a um, live audience, multiple camera sitcom affects the show. And I will mention that a bit here, but I think it's, it's better to go more in detail into that in an episode that's a little less important, sort of a more inconsequential episode. They're all important. They're all important. But I think to wait, I'm going to, I'm going to save the, the changes for that. I mean, obviously one of the things we'll see here is the catchphrase sit on it they say sit on it like three or four times in this episode they've never said sit on it before i'm not 100 percent sure what sit on it means but sit on it seems to be a catchphrase a la dynamite and you know snow at edith and plenty of other catchphrases that we encounter throughout the 70s that was a big that was a big thing throughout the 70s you know you grab you grab the attention uh through your catchphrases and such um you know i'm coming elizabeth i'm coming elizabeth you know stuff like that and and yeah and and but but, but the thing with this episode is it's weird because you see sit on it in the opening credits and you know your first thought i would imagine if you haven't seen it before is what is sit on what but then you realize sit on it is an insult sit on it mouth sit on it potsy sit on it richie and uh, sit on what i'm not sure I'm not sure if it's meant to be very naughty or just, I don't know, sit and spin. I don't know. But but it, it's funny because they say it in such a way and the audience goes into hysterics that it almost feels like um, uh, 
the, the fact that it's in the credits and the fact that they say it three or four times and the fact that the audience goes so crazy for it almost makes it, it makes me feel like they're doing something like okay this would be a great catchphrase we'll put it in the credits we'll have it say it we'll have them say it a bunch we'll have the audience break into hysterics and if they don't we'll add that extra we'll sweeten it on the laugh track and uh, so it'll start to look like a catchphrase and so it ends up feeling really weird. <laughs> it ends up feeling really weird, especially if you've done, like I have done, watched all the episodes in order. So let, let's actually do the plot line. I'm so sorry. There's a, it's the first episode of a, a, a big season, so there's a lot going on. The, obviously, oh, Roman Holiday. When was Roman Holiday? Was that 54, 55? There's no... Time-wise, I ain't even trying in this episode. We'll go, the Roman Holiday poster will be up in the next one. Although, having said that, they, they play a pinball game called Nip It. I bet there's a time period for that. Let me, let me check. I'll, I will check on that. I'm so, it, it's tricky. There, there's so much going on with the reconfiguring of the show and the reconfiguring of the, the Cunningham's house and, and the story itself that as far as the actual, like, looking up the date stuff, which I normally do, I didn't normally do it here, but I will check on it real quick before we get out of this episode. So the premise is the Fonz's grandma is in town and is staying with him. She's come up from Miami. Grandma Nussbaum, which, you you know, she's been married a lot of times because Grandma Nussbaum, that will, will come up again. And Mr. C is distraught because the fish market that is... Uh, was across the street from his hardware store, is gone bankrupt or has been sold to like Hardware City, Hardware Village, to a big, big hardware store. You know, Mr. C says something like they have like 60 or 600 or something different pairs of kinds of nails. And I have two kinds, rusty and non-rusty. And so Mr. C is basically thinking, we're ruined. What are we going to do? And he only has like $58 in his checking account. But this was the late 50s, so that this was around 58. So that was a lot more money. But um, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. And Mrs. C, I believe, comes up with the idea of renting out the attic area, which is up above the house. As I'm looking at it now, Grandma Nussbaum coming up the steps because the, the steps the, st the steps go up and then you enter to the left, which means you're going over the top of the house, which must mean those steps go up pretty high. I always thought it went up over the garage, but this is going up over the the house but it's a big house where's it go i'm confused again because look look at the steps and look at the, i'm not going to go crazy on it right here this again there are issues that we will discuss in greater detail as we go through the season since everything's been reconfigured but this is another thing how how many steps are there up to the attic because that doesn't look like those don't, I mean like the, the those steps are on the side of the house that doesn't look like an attic step thing to me that looks like something where there's like a space above the garage but it can't be above the garage because they show like everyone comes up the steps everyone comes up the steps and then turns to the left to knock on the door you'll be turning to the right to knock on the oh gosh yeah on this hmm. I don't know why that never occurred to me before hmm there's a lot of stuff going on here. So um, they decide to rent out this room, this attic room. And they're going to rent it to Grandma Nussbaum because she doesn't want to go back to Miami. But Grandma Nussbaum doesn't like it. However, the Fonz is going nuts having his grandma living in, in his apartment. And his grandma wants to stay in his apartment. So the Fonz says, I'll take this place and signs the contract. Mr. C doesn't like it. He's not happy about it. The Fonz interrupts the family on more than one occasion. Uh, one of the things is that uh, Mr. C didn't want someone who would either like join them at dinner every day. And the Fonz kind of does that. And he... Um, He's got, you know, one of his girlfriends shows up and starts yelling outside of the house. And then he, uh, one of his other girlfriends is cooking something and burns it. And they think there's a fire. And, um, yeah, will, will the Fonzie stay or won't he? Well, one of the things they do when they reconfigure the show is, and this actually happens a bit in the second season, but it really begins to happen here, is that it becomes more sitcom-y. It, it's it's funny like the, the like the first and second season shows as the stories would move towards their ending sometimes they were completely obvious well most of the time they were completely obvious but they had sort of an inexorable 
movement to them. You know, like the Christmas episode being one of those. You know, it's pretty obvious early on that the Fonz is lying. And then when Richie discovers it, it's about getting the Fonz over there. It's about getting him comfortable, getting him settled, and having a great Christmas with him. Whereas a sitcom like this is more about where having someone Mr. C thinks is undesirable, and we could talk about that, moving into, uh, moving into their house. And he doesn't like that. And then there are a couple twists and turns where it's like each of the twists and turns is exactly what you expect a twist and turn to be. There's nothing that really happens that's super crazy or nutty or anything like that. And, and, uh, and then it ends. And, and spoiler, the Fonz has moved in. And the Fonz will be moved in until the very end of the series in season 11. But it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun episode. I really enjoy it. I think it's got a lot of verve. I think it's got a lot of energy. Um, uh, I think the fact that I, I almost get the feeling of the fact that like they since they reconfigured the show, everyone's on there like, you know, we this has to succeed or the show is going. So they're really giving it their all and they're having a good time and they're going. Obviously, they're going very broad. And as I've said before, one of the things you note with Fonzie, Fonzie gets married, and, and you, you you see in this too is that sort of like intimate moments. When the camera, you know, would take go in for a close up and it would get close enough to you, they don't happen anymore because this is about this is now staged like a play, and so it's multiple cameras trying to catch actors in certain uh, wider two shot, wider two shot, you know, stuff like that, and so there's no more the sort of the intimacy, the closeness uh, is gone that was in the first two seasons. And again, you, you could tell that would happen from Fonzie gets married. Or Fonzie's getting married, sorry. But at the same time, it's, it's still fun. I mean, they're really, they're really having a good time with, with Henry Winkler. And, and, well, Henry, Henry Winkler's having a really good time. And they're really ha having a good time with the Fonz. Like the, um, uh, I've never seen anyone move in with so many combs before. And then you see him like looking at his combs going, All right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, th Friday. Where's Thursday? Oh, wait, today's Thursday. And he reaches in his back pocket, pulls out a comb and goes, Hey, Thursday. The funny thing, of course, being that, that most of the time when, you know, when we see the Fonz with the comb, he's not actually combing his hair. He's about to comb his hair. Then he goes, Hey, and doesn't comb his hair. And there's there's jokes like the, um, well, the joke like of the of the gal, of him uh, um, putting up like um, a half a dozen or more random they look like headshots of attractive ladies around the apartment. Um, there's a, he has these two like big binders that are his little black books, and it's like A through L and M through Z or something. He points out that M through Z are better kissers, and he's never figured out why. You know, so so they're really kind of upping the ante of the Fonz's character. Uh, because because the Fonz in the past, the Fonz was always obviously very assured of himself. I guess very egotistical. I don't know, but he is the Fonz. And but 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 a lot of times in a lot of the episodes in the first two seasons, he would be in the background of whatever it was Richie was doing. In this one, they they ensemble it very nicely. Every um, all the Cunninghams, the four Cunninghams, bye bye Chuck, and Fonzie all get nice stuff to do, and it isn't really Richie's show anymore. Even to the fact that uh, Richie, um, uh, Mr. C is the one who goes up to try to tell Fonzie that he doesn't want him staying there anymore. And it's, it's, it's nicely done. I mean, I think one of the, the things pe people used to complain about, you know, is that it becomes like the Fonzie show or it's not the same, uh, you know. And, and yes, and in various spots, it does become like the Fonzie show because the Fonzie becomes is going to become more sort of superhero-y as we go along. It's very early, early days here. Uh, and I still don't understand fully why Mr. C has suddenly become so anti-Fonzie. I mean, they had such... I mean, I, I know he's a... He's a, I mean, he does mention at one point the um, that, uh, you know, when Richie says, Hey, the Fonz can fix your car. Yeah, and I'm going to be the only guy in a DeSoto going 140 miles an hour, which is a reference to the episode with Cruisin', which is a, a reference to Cruisin'. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess the Fonz causes... Uh, Mr. C, a bit of a uh, bit of grief there, and and I could see too with Mr. C. I mean, he's already having a rough enough time with this hard new hardware store coming in. You know, he doesn't need a guy showing up at like three in the morning, revving his motorcycle and waking him up, and or or this woman yelling outside while they're while they're um, trying to eat, or or thinking his his house is on fire. I understand all that, and that's Mr. C. But 
it's a little less, it's, um, it's sort of not an understanding, Mr. C, that we've seen in the first two seasons. It's kind of a different sort of blustery, I'm trying to think, I, want to, I don't want to say Life of Riley, but it's a very different kind of dad character. It's a more sitcom-y dad character than the Mr. C in the first two. I mean, those lovely moments in the first two seasons where, where you're, you know, Mr. C doesn't have a lesson for Richie or, or the time, I forget which episode it was, where he apologizes to Richie for, you know, oh, the, the quiz show episode. He apologizes to Richie just being like, I was so excited that you were going to win all this money. I, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't do the right dad thing. Uh, and this Mr. C is kind of big, loud, boisterous, and uh, whining and complaining, and then yelling and dancing and just doing all kinds of stuff. And very different kind of Mr. C. I guess they're all sort of very different. I, I won't go into all of them here. Uh, we can we can cover Mrs. C. Maybe on one where she has. Well, she does have a lot to do on this one. Mrs. C is is more or less kind of the same. Um, she, she, you know, she plays a little more to the crowd uh, than she did before. But, um, and, and Richie, Richie doesn't, he has stuff to do, but not a ton to do. And Joni, of course, like I said, Joni is growing and growing and she gets to say, sit on it. And, you know, we have the first of the, Joni, go up to your room. Well, no, they've done that before. But Joni, go up to your room where it really becomes like a, a staple. Joni, go up to your room. And Joni is, um, Joni is clearly growing in leaps and bounds. And Ralph and Potsy are becoming, uh, you know, thicker, thicker than thieves, as as they're going along. I, I don't want to go too mad covering all the changes and things. I mean, obviously, I mentioned some of them. The thing, the thing that always gets me the most. I mean, obviously, when you go in front of a live audience, you're playing to a live audience, so you got to be broader, you got to be louder, you got to be, frankly, more sort of obvious in what you're doing. And there is a loss there. There is also a gain in that the um, energy of the audience and the energy of playing it live is very different from doing it single camera, you know, with the edits and, and, and things like that. So, oh, but now he is above the uh, garage. Oh, but so the steps must wind around the garage. But why do they call it the attic? Okay, I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay. No, no, because I just saw a shot. It is, it is above the garage. I always thought it was above the garage. But when you see them, so the steps must go, the steps must go up to the top of the garage and then wind around the garage. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense either. I'm, look, I'm looking at it here desperately trying to figure out the way these steps work. No, I don't think they did either. I, 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 I think... So, so the Fonz's apartment is above the garage, but I don't understand the way the steps work. Well, I guess, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it doesn't work because they'd have to come from the other way. Oh boy. Hmm. Well, we're going to, I'm not going to go into in this episode because I also wanted to go into the strange reconfiguration of the house. Like I said, the house used to be you when you come came in through the front door when you saw the front of the house you came in through the front you saw the front door of the house you came you came in through the front door you walked into the living room area to your left you went up some steps to the right there was like a was there a piano i forget but there was a tv area and then if you walked straight through you'd pass a table and no you didn't pass the table that's Fonzie's getting married you you'd walk straight through you go through a door there was the dining room you go through another door there was the kitchen you you go through another door you were where the garage was and those steps were and everything and, but here it's different because you go in through the front door and it's on the other side of the set now. And you go in through the front door and you're in the living room area, which is also the kind of the dining room area. And then you have the kitchen and there's still that door in the kitchen, which seems to lead to the garage. But now because the front door is like, on the same side of the house, about 10 feet away, that shouldn't lead to the garage. It should be the front of the house. I could be wrong there, and I will be going over this many, many times over the next few seasons, maybe till the end of the series. But that's, think of the configuration. Think of when you look at the front of the house and you see the front door. And think of, for example, the Christmas episode when Richie and Fonzie have fixed the Santa and step in through the front door. 
that's them stepping in through the front door of the house. And so you proceed from the front of the house to the middle of the house to the back of the house. You step through the door in the kitchen. You're in the garage, which is in the back. And you have that driveway, which we saw them pull into in the opening credits, that goes alongside the side of the house. And then I guess alongside, and I guess you turn into it or, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, Maybe that doesn't make sense either, but it makes more sense than this, this reconfiguration. Because if you think about it, because now if you look at it, and I'll stop here because I'm going to go into this a lot later. But you look at it, so they come in the front door of the house, and yet the kitchen is like 20 feet to the left of that door. And there's a door that, that's sort of further out than the, the, the front door. But if you look at the front, but, but that door leads to the garage, which is behind the house. How, how does that make any sense? When I was a kid, I think I was okay with it. But as an adult, it drives me nuts. Also what drives me nuts is the way Jerry parachutes in and around those things, acting as if they're... Like, like it's, one, it's one of those things. Where is the wall? Where is the side of the house? Is the side of the house where the... I'm looking at it now. Is the side of the house where the sort of where the edge of the wall, like like when when the camera's in the living room and then and then it pans over into the kitchen to follow people? Is that sort of wall there when we go from the the, the dining room to the kitchen? Is that the wall of the house, or is there more beyond that? And I ask that because I can think of at least one episode where it looks like there's at least four, five, six feet beyond that, which doesn't make any sense. And also, the doors don't make any sense. And the way they configured it doesn't make any sense. The, the problem is that they use, <laughs> they've been using, this, the, they use the same exterior. There it is. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. How's, how does this work? I don't know. Be, be, <laughs> I don't know. It, do, it doesn't work. It doesn't work is what it is. Because over in the space where um, the, the door to the garage is, there, there is like, a, I don't know, like a side room or something that does extend further, farther out than where the front door is. But that doesn't lead to the garage. That just leads you back onto the front lawn. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I'm going to be, I'm going to be going over this a lot. But let, let me try to wrap up my thoughts on Fonz Moves In. I think it's a fun episode. I think if this is sort of a... <laughs> Would this be considered a soft reboot? I don't know, um, but but I think it's I think it is fun to watch. Um, there are some good laughs in it. There are some very obvious moments in it too. Um, they're really pushing the Fonz as like the main cool guy, and and that will work for them. Fonz mania, Fonzie mania, whatever the heck we're calling it. Fonzie for president, baby. Go online, look up the Fonzie for president album. Look up the Crack Magazine Fonzie for president special. The Fonz was huge. And, and this is the cusp of that. It's about to begin in earnest. And we're just caught up in the wave. And so, yeah, the Fonz is awesome. It's just to get more and more fun. And, and what we've lost in uh, intimacy, what we've lost in sort of um, not more interesting plots. I can't say the plots in, in season one and two are more interesting than the plot. But we lost in plots that have a little bit more depth in them. Maybe a little, not depth, really. I, I actually don't think it's the plots, now the more I think about it. I think it's the way they shot it. So so what we're missing sort of in a more intimate um, kind of thing, a more intimate, a more fluid sort of show that's able to do like the scenes in Cruising where they're going around in circles and, and cruising around the gals and then they do the drag race and stuff. When they do something like that in now, it's it's a it's an event. It's a big thing. That happens. Um, basically, now we, we we are going to go from like the the living room, dining room set slash kitchen set to the Fonz's attic to Arnold's. That's and we're going to add some bedrooms occasionally. We're going to here and there, but the the scope. Uh, I guess that's it. The scope of the show becomes smaller now, but at the same time, the scope of characters becomes larger because it becomes more of an ensemble show now. I think we will, this will be borne out um, as we go through the show. So I'm just going to wrap up Fonzie Moves In. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I went off on so many tangents on this, but it's the first. You know, by the time we get to like episode 9 or 10 of the season, I'll be much more 
under control. So the next episode, what is the next episode? I don't even know. Um, it is The Motorcycle. And The Motorcycle is directed by Jerry Paris. I actually forget at this moment if he's our sole director from this point. I'm going to say no. I think there are a couple more episodes not directed by him. But directed by Jerry Paris, written by William S. Bickley and Michael Warren. I gave you the date on that earlier. What was it? September 16th? I think, 1975, and this is The Motorcycle. The motorcycle. In this episode, the Cunninghams get up one morning, and Richie goes out to get the paper, and he comes back in pretty distraught because the Fonz's motorcycle, which was parked in the street, is destroyed. And when I say destroyed, it's everywhere. It's in the street. It's on the driveway. It's in trees. The exhaust pipe is in the mailbox. Bits of it are on the roof. It's destroyed. And the Fawn sees it and is incredibly distraught and tells a very interesting story, which, which we can discuss a bit, although I feel we may have slightly covered this uh, previously, but he sort of dis discusses a bit that um, uh, he was kind of a nerd in the past and the motorcycle gave him the impetus to become the Fonz, which is cool. I guess he was probably Arthur or Artie or something like that before he became the Fonz, which is cool. And it, the episode becomes, who did this? who smashed up the Fonz's motorcycle. Spoiler, it was Ralph. Uh, we learned that Ralph was on a date with a very special gal and drove up to tell Richie about it and accidentally hit the Fonz's motorcycle, not seeing it, and then ran over about three or four times, completely destroying it. So it, it actually becomes very much like... Um, um, was it Kiss Me? Not Kiss Me Deadly. Kiss Me, kiss me Sickly? Uh, where uh, someone has done something to the Fonz and it becomes, how do we tell them, how do we tell them? And, but, but, but unlike Kiss Me Sickly, which is in the second season, which is a little more restrained, this one goes full-on sitcom crazy with how the Cunninghams try to restrain the Fonz uh, to uh, get Ralph to tell him and this, that, and the other thing. That, that's the basic story behind this and again i'm gonna in in a future episode i will discuss the way they use the living room kitchen um dining room set um because they, the cunninghams used to have this huge house and they still do from the exterior but it's so tiny now it's just this little table and this little kitchen and the camera keeps kind of, kind of like pivoting around the um the the wall where the kitchen wall is and it's a little it's a little weird, and the living room is fairly large, but there are spaces in it, like in the corner, like behind the door, the the open, the front door, that they rarely use. I mean, yeah, there are some conversations. I mean, the biggest conversation I can think of that takes place in that space is Richie saying goodbye to Fonzie in season 11, but, but a lot of things just don't happen there apart from people coming in and out, but usually they come towards the dining room table or the uh, living room stuff, so... So I'm again this the the first episode there's a lot to for this season the first episode there's a lot to to sort of um uh, lay out and so I'm not going to cover those things right now but yeah this episode I like this episode quite a bit it's very sitcommy like I said the premise is similar to a kiss me sickly but it treats it in a very more sitcom manner where everything's a little more heightened everything's a little more crazy it's 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 weird I think the thing with the thing with happy days that you're seeing that's really weird is that this watching this circa September 75 which is the same season that welcome back Cotter premiered and think of John Travolta and his his um his shtick um 
because there's a moment later was like stick that umbrella up your nose or something like that and I, I i instantly looked up welcome back cotter to see when that started and at this time i think welcome back cotter had aired his first or second episode so there was no way that the up your nose with the rubber hose kind of thing could have uh, permeated into happy days although sit on it shows up a few times still they're still they're still treating it sit on it as if it were a catchphrase that we all went mental for and there's a moment actually in the end where ralph tells the Fonz to sit on a motorcycle he says sit on it Fonz." the Fonz is like hey no no on the motorcycle on the motorcycle which is which is fun which is kind of a subversion of a catchphrase that's only been around for two episodes and isn't actually a catchphrase as far as i know which is interesting <laughs> you know you you're subverting it already. Um, it seems to be Joni's catchphrase, really. She seems to say it a lot. And I'm not going to point out... Well, I will point out something interesting with Joni and her magic tricks. Because one of the through lines is Joni... Uh, Mr. C finds Joni's... Uh, one of his hats with several eggs in it because Joni's practicing magic. So they have Joni practice magic to help restrain the fawns when the Ralph... When the Ralph? When Ralph admits that uh, he destroyed the Fonz's motorcycle but we'll talk about Joni um shortly um can I just say I'm, I'm I'm all over the place on this episode because again it's the third season start of the season and they're really setting up everything but the the screen that the Fonz lets out off screen when he finds out his motorcycle has been destroyed is a Henry Winkler tour de force of yelling I mean it is an incredibly incredible scream <laughs> it's really really good and could someone tell me in the Fonz's apartment what is that thing above the mirror that that blue mask and everything he's got a nice flannel there but there's a blue mask and I don't I don't quite um where'd all the gals go it's it's funny you can see that, that like the Fonz who's in was almost like um almost like a uh almost like a pilot because there are a couple pictures of gals around the room i guess he moves them depending upon what gal he's seeing but we saw him immediately set up all these pictures of gals now i can only see like one maybe two you know and when we go back into arnold's the roman holiday post roman holiday came out in 52 53 uh that doesn't mean the poster couldn't have been there for some time the, the, i don't see the roman holiday poster in there anymore it's in the little hallway you walk in um uh when you enter when you enter arnold's Oh, by the way, opening credits were the same. Although closing credits mentioned Marsha being in this. What? I didn't see Marsha in this. Marsha's last appearance uh, uh, along with Misty Rose was, was in the last season. So I'm not 100% sure why she's there. Although I'm going to try. I have the episode playing here. So when the, we do an Arnold scene, I will keep an eye on it and see if I see Marsha. Um, but that's like with, with Gloria from the last season. Like her last episode, she ain't in. I miss her. So, yeah, I think this is a fun episode. It's very sitcom. Everything that the first two seasons one were, it really is gone. Any subtlety, any um, playing to specifically the actor in front of you rather than playing to the crowd is gone. Everything is big. Everything is huge. When the Fon tells his story, tells the story about being a nerd before he got his bike he peep he, he does it very large although there is i mean the, the scene where he does that and he's talking about his bike and the wreckage of his bike is on the floor of the apartment it's really nice to see richie and the fonz and mr c together so i think i think at this moment uh, i love the show all the way through uh and normally when i watch the show in order this doesn't bother me but watching it now, after having talked about the first two seasons so heavily, there is such a great difference between this. This is so, it's theatrical. It's so theatrical. And it's, yeah, it's it's huge and theatrical and everyone's playing it so epic and large, uh, which is so unlike what we were used to on the show. And I can see how folks would have, but oh, I see. There's another. Um, hedge. Oh, he's got a very, very tiny. Watch it. A very tiny turntable. I thought he'd have like a bigger stereo or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. And and on his wall, there aren't pictures of women. There are pictures of like. Is that a baseball field? What is that? You know that wall right, the slanted wall right up above his head. It ain't pictures of gals on there. But he has decorated the place nicely with some biking and and trophies and things like that and. 
he does mention at one point uh, that he took, what, one and a half years of high school and his bike was there the whole time. Oh, no, there's another picture of a gal. There aren't as many as there were previously, but there are some of them. Yeah, and the Fonz cries a lot. Okay, we're, uh, as I'm talking, we're, we're in Arnold, so I'm just going to talk here. Um, yeah, it is very sick on me with the way... Look at look at look at Ralph for example. You know, if if you don't if you can't tell immediately that Ralph was the one who did it, then you've never watched an episode of a sitcom before. Um, Anson Williams is really playing it up here uh, when he's trying to cheer um, the Fonz up. They they don't really have much for him to do in this episode. He just basically annoys the Fonz, and and it's funny because the two episodes here being so Fonz heavy, Richie has kind of backed away a bit which um feels a bit strange after all the other stuff but but <laughs> i don't know if it's um i don't i guess it, it is becoming ensemble but it but it's a weird moment here where they really are i i, I don't know how much i said this i think i said this too much previously but it's really like they're setting up this sitcom world as quickly as they can they're taking the characters that we know and loved and putting them in a slightly different world like earth 2 or something like that. a slightly different place not a bad place just a slightly different place and they're having us adapt to it real quick because i mean if they had to change it like this they must have had some knowledge of the fact that oh my gosh there's marcia okay i'm completely mistaken there she is yep here she comes Yep, she passes by in the background. Yep, and she's going to talk to him. I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why I miss Marsha. I thought, I thought she was gone. Well, that's weird. Okay. Um, no, but she's clearly in the background. I just saw her. She didn't talk to them, but she passed by and she gave food. And there she's going into the... Are we... What are we... Are we missing something from this episode? Again, as, as I've said before, I can find myself bootleg copies of this, but I'm trying to use the officially released ones because, you know, they're, they're the officially released ones. But if there's something missing here, I mean, that was Marsha. Why is she not talking? Is she an extra? No, she's not an extra because she was, I don't know, maybe that's too much to discuss what's going on with Marsha. But um, yeah, and it's, fun, it's funny the way they sort of reconfigured it. Does the place, does Arnold's have as many, many booths? I feel like it has his has doesn't have as many booths, but um, let's see. Okay, I'm just gonna say this then stop talking about Marsha, but um, I think there's only like one booth now, in between where they're sitting and the bathroom, the walls where the bathroom is. But the weird thing is, it looks to me like Marsha goes to the same spot, the same that same exact booth in between. Oh, there's a Roman holiday poster. It wasn't there before. Oh, oh, no, I guess we didn't see it fully. Okay, it is there. All right. I, I'm sorry to be doing this like a, like it's some sort of crazy live commentary or something, folks. Uh, and forgive me again, I don't have my microphone stand with me, so I'm, I'm walking around a bit with the, um, the thing. And, yep, they reconfigured the bathrooms and... They, but they they, recon, they reconfigured where the doors are, but they didn't sort of reconfigure. Look, look at the way uh, dolls used to be on the left and guys was on the right. Now guys is on the right. Uh, guys is on the, wait a minute. Dolls was on the left. Guys was on the right. Now guys is on the left. Dolls is on the right. But when you open the door of guys, it goes to the right, which would mean it goes into the dolls room, which is a little weird. Is that the toilet right there? I don't know. I, I'm, um, I'm, I shouldn't be watching this until, well, I guess this is, we're going to, we're going to have this happen. Oh, there's the toilet. Okay, we see the toilet in the stall. There, and the the stall doesn't have like um a lock on it or anything. It's a swinging door. Do you want your a swinging door on your um on your bathroom stall? You know, I'm um you know when I'm working the day job in the office, I'm um you know I'm uh, uncomfortable enough when I have the stall locked uh, because there's always that one jackass you know who sees it closed but has to give it a push to see if there's someone in there. It's like man, if the door's closed. That don't come in. Sorry, but that's uh, that's weird. That's weird. They've re they really reconfigured everything. It's like they took half the booths out of Arnold. Now the bathrooms are gone. The dining room, living room, uh, uh, kitchen doesn't make sense. Uh, wherever the hell Fonzie's apartment is, doesn't quite make sense. That's so weird. I, I guess I'll probably go into it in more detail soon when I have my microphone stand with me and I can actually sit and think rather than holding it in front of me and trying to make sure I don't go too close to my mouth or too far away from my mouth kind of thing. So, so yeah, so, so we get Ralph doing a lot of 
crazy sitcom acting thinking he's going to die. And I, I applaud Ron Howard because no matter what goes on in here, I think he's the only one who never really goes outside of it. Um, I don't know if it's American Graffiti and Eight Years of um, uh, Andy Griffith and Mayberry RFD, but he never, he's the one that sort of keeps the even keel, which I guess still sort of kind of makes him the main character in some respects because everyone else is going sitcom crazy around him but he's keeping calm he's the only one who seems to remember that just a few months ago we were in a different world we were in a different sitcom then something happened maybe he maybe this is like um stranded in space or or um uh, you know, something where someone winds up on a parallel world, you know, where they're kind of acting different from all the other people there. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Richie got transformed over. Maybe there, well, there is that Saturday morning show, the Fonz and the Happy Days gang, where they travel in time and space. And so maybe, maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe it's a cupcake. Was that the alien gal with Mr. Cool? And maybe she transformed ported Richie from Earth 1 to Earth 2 and now Richie is just adapting to it. Maybe that would explain why during the sequence where Joni is dressed as a magician and they, spoiler, tie Fonz to a chair so Ralph can tell the Fonz what he did without the Fonz killing him. Maybe that's why when you see that scene you suddenly realize, hey, Joni's almost as tall as the Fonz. Suddenly Joni went from being this little girl to being almost the tallest person in the room and you know that she is what 13 14 here so she's still growing so she's got a bit left <laughs> so that's kind of crazy to see right there that that sequence where she's standing with the fawns and they're doing a magic trick it's like wait a minute Joni's like three inches shorter than the fawns unless the fawns is doing like a barbara felden and get smart and kind of crouched over a little bit you know to make sure she you know because she towered over don adams you know and but I don't think so. I don't think so. So that, regardless of, of how time works in all of this, um, Joni's growth and maturity, which I kind of have said before, I, I find the sort of backbone of the whole show means that that propels us along. So in, in a moment, I'll talk about all the all the ones that I can remember, uh, um, uh, the, the the strange time jumping back. Well, again, Roman Holiday, the poster was up. I didn't see it in one scene I watched because I, I don't think the camera was over far enough to see it. So I, I thought it had gone. But no, the Roman Holiday poster is still there. I apologize. So yeah, and they do, they do tie the Fonz up to try to get him to um, not attack Ralph. And um, it seems, just, I, mean, I mean, I guess that's the most, I mean, could you imagine the Cunninghams having done that? in the first two seasons. I mean, think of like, okay, we're going to disrupt our Christmas Eve to go get the Fonz and bring him into a family. Okay, we're going to protect Ralph by tying Fonzie to a chair so he can't attack Ralph. And that's exactly what it becomes the moment Fonz hears about it. He tries to attack Ralph and it doesn't work. And eventually, yeah, Ralph, I, you know, like Ralph shows up with a bike from like Ira's all night bike shop or something like that. And Ralph is going to work at the garage with the Fonz and pay off everything. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did not see in this episode something we will see a lot, which is either the edges of the kitchen, uh, the edges of the living room set or the top of the living room set. I will yell out when I see those. Although it does look like they've got some some sort of break front or something decorated for Christmas in the background. I'm not 100% sure what's happening. Um, but anyway, um, sit on it, everybody. Sit on it. Okay, so let me... I, I think that's mostly the episode. I mean, the episode is a fun episode. But if you love the first two seasons you're probably going to be annoyed by it because it is very much like any other sitcom you would see at this time. But if you love the characters, I think it's a fun extension of the characters. It, um, I don't know that you specifically have to put them in a parallel world or anything like that, but it, um, it's clearly not quite the same space as we have been seeing. I mean, p part of it being that in the first two seasons... You you could never predict where 
the next scene would go. You know, it might go to Richie's room. It might go to a hallway. It might go to the dining room. It might go to the kitchen. It might go to the garage. It might go to here. It might go to there. With this, it's very obvious that since they're shooting in front of a live studio audience, and yes, um, um, Mr. C does say at the beginning of this episode and the previous one, you know, Happy Days was filmed in front of a live studio audience, which kind of sets out right, right in the beginning, like, okay, now we're like every other sitcom. Enjoy us. But but you you can tell pretty, it's pretty obvious in this episode that if you were sitting in the audience, you saw three sets. You saw the dining room, living room with kitchen. You saw the Arnold set, and you saw Fonzie's apartment, and that was it. And the episode goes in between those three sets. So when it fades out and goes to another, so when one scene ends, it's either going to return to that same shot, that same uh, set, or it's going to go to Arnold's, or it's going to go to Fonz's apartment, or it's going to go to whatever. Which is, um, the fact that they can keep it interesting if it goes there, is the way the the sitcoms work i mean i'm thinking here of um like so many like there's a great bob newhart christmas episode with a blizzard and um the i'm dreaming of a slight christmas and that basically takes place you get bob's office you get the reception area with carol and you get the apartment set and everything just goes from one to one to one and you don't get anything else you just get those three and that's fine the because that's the way the show was when it began and occasionally you get a new set, occasionally you get a new place, but basically get this the same basic sets. The thing, of course, is that Happy Days wasn't like that at the start, so it makes it slightly weird the moment you realize, like, when the scene at Fonzie's apartment is over, now we're going to Arnold's. Now we're going to the living room. Now we're back at the living room. Now we're going back to Arnold. Now we're going to, you know, and it's like, hmm, yeah, okay. It ain't bad. It just means that now it's like every other sitcom. And, as I've said also, the reason why we have 11 seasons of it, instead of just two and um, uh, pieces, is uh, because they did that. So, um, historically, it works. Pop culturally, I think it works. But, episode by episode, and discussing it like this in a way that they never meant for any jackass to do... Uh, it feel it does still feel weird. It does still feel weird, although I know I love it. At, at the end of this episode, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite in the space where I love it, although I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I almost want to say that the point where I'm like, all oh, right, now I'm used to it, now I love it, I should go back to these and redo these, but I won't do that right now. So, yeah, so the show is full-on sitcom mode here. Everyone is acting large for the audience, and it's it's shot like a play. It's not um, shot like a film anymore, so it feels very different. It's very funny. There are a lot of good jokes. Sit on it, Fonz. Hey, has a lot of good stuff. Mr. C is great. Mr. C is great. Jones, everybody's great. But it is, it is very different. So, I think I will wrap up this episode. I just want to go through the... Um, the uh, and I'll go more into this as we go along. Like I said, I really wanted to record this, and I don't have my mic stand, so I'm 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 spending as much time talking and and making sure I have the mic in the right spot, which um, wouldn't happen if I had the mic stand. So maybe I'll re-record this episode, or maybe I won't. Maybe this is awesome. But yeah, I I am um, I am I am uh, I am enjoying. Uh, the I didn't I am enjoying I did enjoy these two episodes, but it is a real sort of shock when you watch them. It's real different. And it's it's not like um I don't quite know. It's not like it's not like, like when um like a new someone new takes over Doctor Who or something like that. Or there's a new doctor. Um, you know, it's not like when Chris Chibnall took over from Stephen Moffat. You know, it's not like when um uh John Nathan Turner took over from Graham Williams, you know. This this does really at times feel like a different show with character almost like it, it almost feels like a what's happening what's happening no, it doesn't make sense either I was going to say it almost feels like the first two seasons were one show it got cancelled and then ten years they brought it back in another format except they didn't of course there was only a gap of what five six months so so I'm going to stop talking I'm just going to go over the timeline real quick again I've, I've tried to postulate that we're circa 1958 at this point of course Roman holidays I said is what 52-53 and um, throughout this, the music is all doo-wop, 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 bah. There is no sign 
of any music by the people who, again, as I mentioned previously, the credits in the thing, in the in the closing thing, Fats Domino, and and was it um, and what the hell is Marsha's name doing there? I don't get it. She she doesn't. I ugh, that that gets on my nerves. But yeah, like I said earlier, it was what Fats Domino and um. Uh, I forget the name. Teresa Brewer, I Cole, Fats Domino, Connie Francis, Johnny Ray K. Star. Yes, um, and I, yeah, I don't know why do they mention Marsha. They made Marsha into like a featured extra. Why do they mention her? She must have been. She she must be in. Um, there there must be something edited out. Why would they edit it out? What what would they edit it out? I mean, the episode's the same length as the others. That's weird. Oh, I'm going to stop talking about Marsha. If you folks listening know, please tell me what's up with Marsha. I thought Marsha's last appearance was last season. So I guess it, maybe it's maybe it's the motorcycle. I don't know. So uh, so you get Roman Holiday, and you do up, do up, do up, do up. Uh, you get mention of Amos and Andy, and Amos and Andy was, um, was more or less syndicated. Um, live. Obviously, the, the radio show was on from... Good God, like 1928, 1929 to in in assorted forms. It's like 1960 or something crazy like that. But the TV show, they did like 60 episodes or so. I could, I, I, I'm not I'm completely familiar with it. But they did it like 1951 to 53, 54, and it was syndicated. Uh, it was more or less syndicated. So so Ralph says, well, we watched Amos and Andy and then My Little Margie. Amos and Andy could have been something syndicated they were watching. And and I, I don't fully know the way, because I know there were lots of syndicated shows in the 50s. Meet Corliss Archers, uh, Whirly Birds, Amos and Andy. There were, there were lots of shows, Soldiers of Fortune. There were lots of shows. I think, was Lassie? Syndicate. I don't know, but but there were lots of syndicated type shows in the in the fifties, and I don't fully know the way they work. I know they didn't work the way eighty syndicated shows worked. Eighty syndicated shows basically aired like Saturday and Sunday afternoons. I don't think um, Amos and Andy and, and My Little Margie aired like that. And My Little Margie was what fifty three to fifty five, but it was syndicated. So there's no reason why maybe three or four years later there couldn't have been Amos and Andy, My Little Margie's Amos and Andy. I, I would say yes to. Because it was syndicated, My Little Margie, I'm not sure on. But they used My Little Margie as a mention in the last season. And I don't know. I don't know what the thing is with My Little Margie. I have to look. Did Gary Marshall, did his dad or Ma have something to do with, with um, My Little Margie? I don't know. But but So that sort of puts it in a weird place. And Roman Holiday sort of puts it in a kind of a weird place. It, it kind of almost makes it like um, in the same way that when this, the first season started... It kind of was like throwing out random bits and bobs that could have placed it at any number of, of a, uh, a bunch of years in the 50s. You know, because folks, again, folks have said to me, Dan, it's kind of a fantasia of the 50s. It's Yes, it's, it is kind of a fantasia of the 50s. It's not set at a specific time until it is set at a specific time. So... Especially, I always refer to Joni. Joni's growing up. Joni grows up in the show. So when we hit a Christmas episode or something where they say, like, it's 1960, then we have to sort of work back from there. Okay, what, 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 where, where, where were we here? Where were we here? You know, so, so yes, it's a fantasia of it until it isn't, which means that when it isn't, we should look at um, uh, what it could be. I mean, to me, this is still, to me, this is 58. I'm going to go for 58. And the reason why I'm going to go for 58 is because I still say that Joni, that, that the Christmas episode was 57, for all the reasons I told you before. I'm not going to go over them now. Um, and I, I say this is 58. Um, and I will say for the two, well, 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 the one thing that says is definitely post-spring 57 is the only song you actually hear properly, apart from Happy Days, is Bye Bye Love. Bye Bye Love became a hit for the Everly Brothers in the spring-summer of 57. So that puts it after 57. But the fact that Joni is clearly so much older in this episode than she was in Christmas. I mean, she she's almost as tall as the Fonz. Means that this ain't 57 anymore. I still stand by the fact that this is... Do they mention school or anything? They don't really mention school or anything in this. I'm going to say... It's called Spring of 58. I, guess, I mean, that's one of the tricky things, too, with this, is that the outdoors shots at Arnold's, because when they were going to Arnold's, you were outside as much as you were inside. Now we're always inside. So because we're always inside, we don't get the full, like, effect of, 
yeah, I, I don't. I think it's I. I'm going to call it either spring or fall of 1958. And again, Dan, it's a Fantasia. Leave it alone. No, 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 no. I can't do that anymore. Not when Joni is growing up. That's that's sort of the linchpin of it. If everyone was like Ron Howard age or or or, or Marion Ross age or Henry Winkler age, that would be one thing. But you have an actual child growing into a woman that shows the passage of time, and you can't back away from that. Sorry. So that I'm going to stop right there with the motorcycle. I, yeah, Fonzie moves into the motorcycle. I think uh, two fun episodes started off. Uh, Richie is the rock of them it is sort of developing an ensemble feel to it which is nice and the Fonz has definitely been pushed out to the front sit on it is becoming uh, a phrase that we're all going to say uh, I guess uh, soon so that is yeah that, thank, thanks again everyone that is episode 1 of season 3 or episode 21 of Rocket All Week With You a Happy Days podcast next up this is going to be fun season 3 episode 2 will be me talking about Fearless Fonzarelli Part 1, and Fearless Fonzarelli, Part 2. I'm kind of excited. I remember those being episodes that I absolutely loved when I was a kid, and I, I, I still enjoy them now. But, yeah, so we've got our first two-parter coming up. And uh, I think this is the only two-part of the season, I believe. But next season we have a um, we have a um, uh, an hour-long episode, and possibly... An hour-long episode with uh, that's like a three-part. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to that. But um, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, for joining me for this. And uh, let's see, where am I? Um, let's see. Uh, you you can go on adventuresupertrain.blogspot.com. That's where I'll post the main uh, thing about this season. You can leave a comment there. Danny D A N N Y Slacks S L A C K S at yahoo.com. You can also uh, let's see at e supertrain one adventure supertrain on Facebook. You can find me. Look for me. You'll find me. It's fun. So I talked a little bit too long on that one. <laughs> a little longer than I thought I would. But um. Yeah, the, the timeline and everything kind of um, kind of goofed me a bit on that. So, and I'm still worried about Marsha. Why Marsha was in that, but didn't actually seem to do anything. If anyone knows, please get in contact with me. Until then, I'm Dan. This is Rockin' All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast. Welcome to season three, everybody. The ratings are shooting up. This is gonna be fun. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, it can't be wrong. Rockin' and rollin' 